everybody, and welcome to TYH. My name is Anglo, and with me I have Nikkei, as always. Hello. And coming from down under, it's Noel. We back. He's back. We've been waiting for this moment for a few centuries, but it, it occurred. There's a long backlog of uh, tether replacements. <laughs> Any, uh, you, I mean, you can't record a podcast if you're not tethered. Yeah, I broke my gravity harness, and uh, it's been a while. I had to float around and finally come back. I mean, the fucking coronavirus really hit in Australia hard in terms of restrictions. I can only imagine, like, you know, one uh, one tether maintenance man per 100,000, right? Tetherball? Yeah, well, they just shut down Bunnings again for proper lockdown, so I can't even go get my own gravity harness. Now, if this isn't 1984, I don't know what is. Yeah, but the band my Saturday stag, so that's nineteen eighty four. Well, nineteen eighty four, you're playing Counter Strike all day because you're locked in. I mean, that's all you got to do. That's all you have time to do. This is yeah, it's one of the only professions that is available. Esports. We've always been at war with the counter terrorists. Yeah, we we've been trying our hardest to create a TYH esports team. It was mostly Noel's idea. I think it's going to come to fruition pretty soon. You'll see us on the big competitions against playing against all those Polish and French guys. And what's our G Fuel flavor going to be? Don't know what that is, but I'll say watermelon. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. Let's 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 break that boundary. Is that a drink? I well, watermelon and grape flavor. It's a drink, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's a. It's supposed to. It's one of those powdered drinks. That's yeah. Let me guess. The G stands for gamer. You're you're dead on. Oh god. Yeah. No, but we're we're only playing one point six. Has his own uh, ligandberry flavor. Oh, he does. Yeah, so you know they put him on the packaging and. Well, I know you're a bit of a. You know it's not his face, but they have his like his like texture pattern. <laughs> his skin texture uh, pattern. No, what do you mean by like that? Whatever. He like markets his stuff. Oh, there's like a certain uh, color red, scheme. Black, wavy. Yeah. Pattern. It's kind of national socialist if you you know assume too much about it. Well, I I know that you're a big lingonberry fanatic, Nikkei. I love Lickenberry. You love Lickenberries? 100% true. Yeah. No, I remember when we were eating at some breakfast place, and they had some, like, Swedish something or other, and you're, like, stoked. Because it came, or it was supposed to come with Lickenberries. I think they might have given us cranberry instead. I'm not quite sure. It's been a while ago. I have, like, a, a seizure, and I, like, totally misread the word on the menu oh yeah <laughs> i thought i was reading the word swedish and it was like completely not that yeah he thought they were he thought they had like a swedish meal like no, that's what it was he thought they had like a swedish pancake there or something yeah it's a somali and so it's a it, yeah, yeah somali pancake mud pancake I, know. I, I was definitely having a seizure at the time and i like i was misreading a word over and over and over again Reading it incorrectly, yeah, you were same way every time. <laughs> like it, we talked about it on six separate occasions, and not once did you mention that's not what it said. <laughs> same menu, you could have said, "Where are you looking at this?" I, I pointed it out to you. 
And you could be like, bro, that's not what that says. That's doing a little trolling. That's the day I wore that yarmulke underneath my hat, remember? Yes. (laughs) That's a joke. So I guess we'll transition to the comments. This is where we get most of our content. Um, it's, <laughs> I think Noel called it a self, what did you call it? The feedback loop or something? Yeah, it's the feedback loop of make podcasts, get comments about it, and then make podcasts about those comments. Yeah. It's... We never need to have any, we never need to have content. Sorry. Yeah. So we're going to, s- I like reading what our listeners have. Yeah. They actually like it because we interact with them because we don't have contempt. I mean, if we had the logistics set up for a, a live stream, yeah, uh, which we absolutely do not, uh, we could just you know respond to people in real time. But this is the best we can get. Yeah, the next Toih coming on Twitch. Oh, that'd be yeah. cool. I wish we had. Yeah. Fuck Twitch. I know, but like, imagine if we had those platforms open to us with no censorship. That would be great. If we had the platforms with no censorship, we'd take over in like a day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'd I be... There's Odyssey. There's the Iliad, too. Yeah. Both of them. So, we're going to read the first comment, which is, I don't... Who, who, where's everybody? From Chris Thomas. I guess he, he... I don't know what that means. I guess he was waiting for people to comment, and no one commented yeah, yet. I think he was surprised that he was first. Yeah. Well, then don't be first. Then... A little, uh... A little word from the wise here, Mr. Thomas. You're supposed to say first when you're first, not where is everyone. I say that he is a new fag. <laughs> Give him the benefit of the doubt, he might just be a boomer. I don't know. Huh. So, last episode and the episode before that, in our content feedback loop, we were talking a lot <laughs> about industrial and weird music. And I'm not going to read the whole comment from Hovercraft. He brings up Boyd Rice, which is this noise musician who likes to play with fascist aesthetics and national socialist aesthetics. Um, instead of calling Boyd Rice over locked voice, am I right? Yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of. He's, he, he, the thing is though, he, he's like, he's not gay. That's good. But he's like friendly with like gay people, like the gay scene. Uh, like, like no. he, he did this music video this music video for some bare leather group. They had a song and he like did vocals for their little group, like some bare leather fetish group in San Francisco. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Talks about some good stuff. If you're into that, you could read it. HP hovercraft. <laughs> oh, and, shit, I didn't click read more. That's a lot of words. Yeah. Oh, and you asked Nikkei about little black angel. About is it a black is it about uh, black people? And it says I didn't know this. Little Black Angel is about Negroes, though. What it is no isn't about Negroes, though. What it is really about is up to your interpretation. It's actually a parody slash rewrite of a People's Temple, a la Jim Jones gospel song, Little Black Baby. Mm. In fact, Death in June rewrote a number of People's Temple's gospel songs. He is able became he's disabled. Oh yeah. Don't you know that God's disabled, God's disabled. Yeah. So that's actually a very interesting comment. That's a good that's the, that's that's a good part of the comment. Yeah, okay, cool. Fun fact. And then racist Nick Land. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Land. Uh that's a little bit redundant, but anyways. 
he comments on the Little Black Angel song. I really recommend listening to that Jim Jones People's Temple Choir album. Little Black Angel is a really pretty song. Jim's wife adapted from an earlier song to sing to their adopted <laughs> Negro child. Also, the mass suicide bonus track, Fucks. So is it just like a recording of the suicide? Like audio? Or do they make a song? How do they make a song out of it after they're dead? The lo-fi um, hip-hop date. Yeah. <laughs> drink I mean, there is too. video of of that event taking place with yeah. audio. Yeah. So it must not be I a... I remember f- watching documentaries about People's Temple as a little kid. It was scary. It was, like the, it was like the first cult that I ever like uh, had a morbid fascination with, just because it ended like so bizarrely. Yeah. Um, it's also I that didn't weird ass. And like the racial angle until I was older. Uh, but I just thought it was like, wow. We have this video here of a guy who like literally just killed an elected official to the, you know, in, in the federal legislature. Uh, as he was like leaving a plane, or it was either when he was, uh, exiting the plane or, uh, re entering. <laughs> They just like had a shootout on the tarmac. Jeez, killed, killed an elected uh, official, and you know, hours later, it's like, "Hey, y'all, buddy, get in line. I'm about a drink. We're going up to see the everlasting lion." Yeah, well, there's yeah, also that crazy. When I was a kid, I was scared shitless of that uh, of that cult in Japan. I don't know what it's called. Where they Tom did the Shinrikyo? yeah, because like I, I don't know what it was. Just a whole, just it was in Japan and it looked it just weird. I don't know. This guy said he could levitate, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" I never knew about that one until adulthood. Yeah, passed me by. Um, but in the context of the musical comments, Sunny Day says, "I always enjoy Inglo's obscure music boasting." posting a decent amount of our guys float around these fringe music scenes that makes one of us yeah Bam! <laughs> me and like two other people <laughs> <laughs> and racist nick landigan comments i just got a death in june shirt in and a friend tried to confront me about it because it has the ss totenkopf on it i just said no bro they're strasserous bro it's a different strain bro <laughs> and he kind of gave up and uh, also, regarding the phrase moral fag, which was something we talked about last episode, degenerate atheists that used to use it, do you remember the amazing atheist? Of course! We bring up that guy. A few, we brought him up a few times. Yeah, internet classic. Yeah. The banana man. Banana man, exactly. His claim to fame was, this is, this is from racist Nick Lan. You know, instead of writing Fang Numina, his, his sequel is this comment uh, to Fang Numina. Anyways, his claim to fame was making videos about getting kicked out of fast food restaurants for being such an asshole. Anyways, I just found out there's a video of him pouring a pot of hot oil directly onto his micro penis, and it's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And you watched it, okay? Well, I commend you for uh, <laughs> watching it, having found it out about it now. Yeah, I found out having, like ten years ago, having to live with that in the back of my, you know, crystallized memory for the past decade. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's probably been 10 years since that whole banana gate happened. It might as well be. I just want it to be like 10 years and more. What no what no one ever remembers though is 
uh, I don't know what to call it, stink gate. Oh Christ! Uh, there was one. T- I don't was, know what that is. There was one time I think he had a video where he was like bitching about he doesn't like how people go up to him when he's in public, like at stores, and say, "Hey, man, you stink really bad. You need to take a shower." And he's like, "It's my natural body odor. We're humans. Just li- this is our this is our smell." And it was disgusting. This fat creep. Can you believe he got married? I didn't know that. Dude, I remember. <laughs> Uh, when he got married, um, it was like, I, I don't know why I was paying attention, but uh, I remember looking through the, uh, what do you call it, wedding registry and it was uh, like wish list that he sent pumps. out. No, it, but almost. He wanted uh, New Orleans Saints uh, shower curtains. Oh. That's the one thing I remember. <laughs> like, my, fo- my football shower My football curtains. What's his political stance now? Is it progressive still? Because I know he went from libertarian to progressive. Who cares? Okay. Sorry. I don't want to think about that guy. Yeah. Like waste. He's, but, uh. So. If you know what the Amazing Atheist's current political views are, you need to reevaluate. <laughs> your life choices. <laughs> so we're going to go on to another comment. Last episode, we were talking about Portland and Oregon in general, and how people from Portland usually aren't from Oregon, and those people that live in Portland who aren't from Oregon give Oregon as a whole a bad rap, you know, a rep, sorry. Um, Am I supposed to forgive the state for that? I mean, that's uh, just explaining that don't change anything. But anyways, this guy from Oregon, I think he's from Oregon, yeah, he says most people from Portland aren't from here. The city is filled with garbage and violence. The former bank, closed due to vandalism, near my old house, has been turned into an essentially gang headquarters covered in graffiti. These hipster fags will ride on their bicycles down 50th and Division, watch it turn to shit, and blame conservatives who live hundreds of miles away. Yeah. Sounds gay. I got a question if anybody's really blaming the conservatives for that. Uh... If you know more about that, please tell us. I'm I'm curious, but like, how can you even like say that with a straight face? Um, like, say that oh, Portland is bad because ruralite conservatives. It just like on its face bullshit. Yeah. Well, he also comments on the the Greater Idaho movement, which is uh, which encompasses parts of Washington and even Northern California, uh, going and connecting to Idaho, creating a big old state, Idaho 2. Um, idaho Yeah. And he says, rural Oregonians hate Portlanders, or any shitlib who lives on or around the I-5 corridor. Problem with the rural Oregonians is that our GOP is complete dog shite, and the people are too black-pilled to do anything substantial. Hope that changes soon. Hopefully the GOP gets replaced by the NJP, or the, yeah. an SDAP. And Firebrand J says, always remember to keep the torch of hope alight in your heart. H.H. You got it, brother! Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that's what it always stood for. Yeah, even in Hitler's times. Um, Hitler was a connoisseur of SummerSlam. That was his favorite event. He never missed it. And in the, in, in the vein of kind of like funny short comments, Race Mixer, or Ray S. Mixer says... Comment in TYH comment section game. Gang. 
Comment in TYH comment section, gang. Whatever that means. Welcome to the gang. The Von Hostatska says, time to comment. <laughs> I wonder how you say that in Hungarian, my guy. And they were just going to ignore Club Dharma. Something about, what? what's the Russ, Russ, Russ feed? Russ, Russ feed? We don't have an R speed, sorry. We're not that type of podcast. Yeah, uh, I don't know what that Yeah, I don't even know what it means. Like, what's the point? If I don't know what it means, why should I investigate? Investigate it, you I know? I think that means ruralites sure suck, which is a sentiment I totally yeah, like, disagree with. Yeah, so... You, you know, you should uh, really take a look around and, you know, get a load of who you're talking to saying shit like that in our comment section. This is a very pro-ruralite podcast. Yeah, as we are all in the suburbs right now. Um, Zoomerman says, nobody expected this so soon. Well, it happened. And it's happening again. The TYH comeback. So going on to things, commenting on what we talked about in the last podcast, we talked about Avatar, the movie, not the last airbender, the show, but the 3D CGI Marvel of 2009 with the interspecies relationship. Um, Iceberg says, I don't know why this comment makes me laugh. So <laughs> My favorite scene from Avatar was when the bad mil- bad guy military man was all like, bring her down and fire all those missiles at the home tree until it collapsed. And all the aliens... Not missiles. <laughs> like missiles. And all the aliens were crying and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably fun to watch. And good. Yeah, it's a shame that the good guys lost at the end of that movie. Yeah. What well, did the did you see it? I for, I saw it. Well, no, did you see it? No, like recently. Do you remember the plot at all? Uh, no, I saw it like a billion years ago when it came out. But... Yeah, I did too, but I don't remember anything. Oh, don't spoil it! Spoiler. No, okay. Yeah, good. no, spoil it. I don't care. Yeah, spoilish. It deserves to be spoiled. Did the aliens take back their homeland? I think so. Yeah. Am I allowed to? I think I saw the Red Letter Media review of it. I got. Maybe I should look look up, watch it again, just to see, just to see what it looks like. Because I know when I saw a clip of it like five years ago, I'm like, damn, it just aged very badly. It looks like shit, but it probably even looks worse now. Um, Noel, did any of your friends think the alien broad was hot? I hated that. I, I can't remember that part. Uh, there was just, just that whole trend of people like, man, that alien girl was so hot. This is weird. I'm glad I didn't go all the way to Australia, that sentiment. Of course, it's here in the United States, you know. Where all the good I remember it being like a big thing for like a year and then just gone. Yeah, like disappeared. Like memory hold, essentially. So, uh, White presenting Sicilian, huh? He's got a question. Uh, he says, uh, you know, because we, we were talking about how I was saying that Berlin probably has more racists than New York City. And then uh, White presenting Sicilian is like, hey, New York City 100% has more racists than Berlin. He's right. And then he also says, uh, Papa John is a, definitely a crypto-angloid. He, use him, he uses prison labor to make his cheese. Is what we're talking I about. I didn't know that. 
That makes me want to eat it even more. <laughs> yeah, it just makes the cheese good. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> like purposefully buying a anti-fair trade coffee just because you know they're suffering. <laughs> I got to run this one by uh, Mr. McCracken. Get his take on prison cheese. Prison cheese? I don't even know who, who's McCracken. Jack McCracken, author of Live in the Dream. Yeah, wrote a, a very cool book. Um, okay, uh, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> Looks like someone doesn't listen to Hate House. Uh, I'm, ag- I'm Anglo and I only read books by dead people. I'm Nikkei and I'm gay. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> Roasted. That's how I know that one hit hard. <laughs> uh, so, Zoomerman comments again how he has to take some compulsory social science modules in his, in his, at school, and it's the gayest shit he's ever experienced. It's going to be pretty gay later on in the podcast when I read some academic articles. So you're going to... This oh, is, God. This is way, those are way worse than probably what you experienced. Feel free to skip over this part, Zoomer Man. We don't want to, uh, we don't want to be responsible for exposing you to the, the new gayest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not, don't skip yet. It's, it's still got a while. We'll give you don't a Don't bother complaining about being gay. It's just going to get worse. Um, before I go on to Heidegger's comment, because we have Heidegger himself commenting. Um, is there anything I missed? I think I got all of it. Uh, so Heidegger says he was, you know, because I, I like to name the episode or the episode descriptions, or I decided to turn them into academic articles, like titles, fake academic article titles, subtitle of yeah. academic. Paper. Yeah, like the redemption of the irredeemable, investigating the spatialities of white working class resentment in the context of Foucauldian post-colonial dialogic engagements. I I, I didn't even. I I just put those words together. I didn't even think about the matching, but I guess if it is, works, is Foucauldian like Foucault. Word, and it, yeah, is it spelled that way? I th- I'm pretty sure. Let me check because I did misspell some. Yeah, that's that's how you spell it with a D. Wow. Mm-hmm. I did misspell. I I I said unredeemable instead of irredeemable. I I mistyped there. Sepuku now. Yeah. I mean the yeah whatever. But he has his own kind of, not really title, but academic sort of pseudo-speaking, whatever you call it. He was directly responding to the description. Yeah. So, well, you see, Borthers, rather than being normal people, you must have the delusio guattarian geophilosophical praxis sublimating the Hegelian dialectic toward, toward emancipation of the schizophrenic body from the capitalist power relation toward a heterogeneous interiority of the subaltern rhizome within the xenofeminist anti-authoritarian strata. I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I assume that's the right answer. Well, Deleuze is based. He says, Justin. I, know, I haven't read enough books by dead people to translate that. <laughs> he died by, uh, he jumped off uh, his apartment because he was do you know why he did it? Uh, I think his health was so bad, he had, like, bad breathing problems. He's like, screw this, and just jumped out of his window. You'd think that, but really, he did it for the lulls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Really, the best reason to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's also uh, Roland Barthes, or Roland Barthes, who got hit by, I think it was, uh, 
the way he died, he got hit by a laundry truck in Paris. That's how he died. Damn. We don't even have those anymore. Yeah. Uh, if so, only he was born later, a laundry truck would never hit him. And, of course, Foucault died of AIDS, I think. Yeah, he died of AIDS. I mean, that's I'm kinda, not surprised about that. Yeah. Good riddance. Goodbye. Goodbye, horses. Yeah. That's I, really his, uh, that's his outro song. Yeah. Bill was <laughs> yeah. Foucault's last stand. I have no evidence to back this except my assertion. Yeah, I don't know if I brought this up on the podcast or not, but it was revealed, or there's pretty good evidence pointing towards pointing towards uh, Foucault molesting young boys in Algeria. Um, I just assumed that was true. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's, it's true as well. But it was kind of revealed, I think, fairly recently. Truly a Lord Byron of his time. <laughs> it, it's it's weird because, you know, he's, 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 he's left. He's a leftist. And, of course, he was probably anti the, uh, you know, French occupying Algeria and so on. But here he, here he comes literally occupying Algeria through r- molesting boys, you know. His work lives on in all the male feminists today. Yeah. I know that, uh... Feminists who send, send mail to each other. Anyways, cosmic, go. cosmic justice will never befall the French because God did not allow Camus to beat the shit out of Foucault. Why, were they going to fight or something? They would have. Well, because Camus, his whole thing is he's split from the French left, right? Because he's a pied noir. He was, yeah, I mean, he was there as, as a soldier in Algeria. Yeah, he was born in Algeria. Uh, spent his life, his... his I mean, he had for- military service, too, right? Yeah, I didn't know that. It could be true. I didn't really read up on this. This was a long time ago when I was reading uh, Camus. But I think he split with the French left on the sort of anti... Um, you know, you know the, the, their stance of anti-colonialism. I mean, he was probably, I don't think he was like a fan of colonialism, but he was, he had a more nuanced take, you know, cause for him, it meant something cause his mom like still lives in Algeria. And if we're going to be supporting these Algerian terrorists against France, like my mom's life is at risk, you know, cause these, mm-hmm. these terrorists can kill my mom. So, you know, it, he was showing a little more. A more uh, big brain take on it, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Crooked-eyed, crazy man, Sart. Another pedophile. Probably. Is he? I thought so. I just thought I, I know that he was uh, married or in a partner in a in a partnership with Simone de Beauvoir. I didn't know he was a pedo. I mean, he's French, so probably. Yeah. Philosopher. Pedo. File. Okay. Those are, those are synonyms. Yes. So, hmm. I, you know, let's do something. Let's see what's in the news today, like normie news, you know. So apparently, this is what I found out today. Dog the bounty hunter's daughter, Bonnie, accuses him of racism and homophobia. I'm based. So, I guess it was revealed that Dwayne Chapman, who is the dog, the bounty hunter, 
um, is a racist. I mean, his whole career, when he got famous, was his role as a uh, celebrity bounty hunter. People who abscond on their uh, appearances in court after posting bail and tracking them down and uh, handing them over to the police. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this story, but I just thought it was funny because it popped up in my feed. Um, but apparently there, there is some, there are some quotes from Chapman or as you guys know, him, dog, the bounty hunter who Nikkei thought was Jewish, but he's not, he's just I like, could have sworn I, I, he's like an I, Angloid with supposed, uh, uh, native American ancestry and German. When I was a kid, I, I really liked the show. I thought it was cool. I thought it was fucking weird. I've only seen the South Park parody of it. <laughs> I thought it was cool as a kid. Uh, but I have like this distinct memory of him uh, when he got married to his longtime girlfriend. And, like, you know, she appeared all the time on the show, Beth, who died back in June this year, uh, that they got married by a rabbi. Oh. Oh. Mm. Maybe she. Well, her name's Beth. Maybe she's. Uh... I mean, obviously, that's not a... Well, the thing is, his name is Chapman, not hers. Yeah, what's her last name, originally? Uh, Barmore. Her name was Alice Elizabeth Barmore. Yeah, maybe that's perhaps some sort of Judaic name. Or no, her, her birth name was Smith, actually. I guess she she was divorced. Oh. That sounds pretty English to me, frankly. Well, she, she, she could be Smith. crypto, but it seems like he himself is not racially. I Jewish. guess not. I could just because uh, his parent, his par- his parents uh, were a part of the um, Assemblies of God, which is like a Pentecostal denomination. I mean, that stuff's pretty weird. The Pentecostals, so and it gets kind of sometimes they do the sort of Ju- Judeophile stuff, but. Uh, I don't think he himself is uh, is Jewish. I have no idea why I have this memory. <laughs> it could be his wife. Episode of Dog the Bounty Hunter, where he's like, you know, with his uh, fiance, and there's a rabbi present. There's a rabbi present. Did you open it? Yes. <laughs> what's what's bill for several thousand dollars? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this is the way it sounded to me. I'm like, Rabbi present. I don't know. Never open that. <laughs> yeah, never open that. You don't want to know what's inside. So apparently... You open up the Rabbi present and it's just anthrax. I didn't know this, but apparently he gained public attention in 2007 after a private conversation between his son. Him and his son was leaked to the media. The conversation was about... Th- this is... I'm quoting from Wikipedia. The conversation was about the relationship his son was having with a black woman. During the recording, Chapman can be heard saying, quote, uh, how does he sound? Does he have, what does his voice sound like? He just sounds like an American with like a, a put on like a deep voice like this. Yeah. He's kind of Texan. And then like occasionally he puts on the uh, Hawaiian pronunciation. Hawaiian? Uh, you know, Native words. Yeah, because he's in Hawaii. Oh. Anyways, 
He can be, he, Chapman can be heard saying, I don't care if she's a Mexican or whore or whatever. It's not because she's black. It's because we use the word nigger here sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to take a chance ever in life of losing everything I worked for for 30 years because some fucking N-word heard us say and turned us into the Inquirer magazine. Our career's over. I'm not taking that chance at all. Never in life. Never, never, never. Except this one conversation. Yeah. (laughs) If Liza, Lich's dog's daughter, was dating a we would all say, fuck you, and you know that. (laughs) Base? And this is is not, this is not, these aren't my words. These are his. Oh, that's that's the word from the dog himself. Yeah. (laughs) The dog's bark. If Lisa brought a black guy home, yeah, duh, duh. What? Yeah, duh, duh. Yeah, duh, duh. Yeah, duh, duh. It's not. to be. Yeah. It's not that they're black. It's none of that. Wait. Okay. It's that we use the word. We don't mean you fucking scum without a soul. We don't mean that shit. That's what I mean. <laughs> but America would think we mean that. I do. And we're not taking a chance on losing everything we got over a racial slur because our son goes with a girl like that. You can't do it, Tucker. You can't expect Gary, Bonnie, Cecilia, or Cecilia, all them young kids to garbled in in uh, in, in uh, brackets because I'm in love for seven months. Fuck that. So I'll help Wait, you. So let me stop you right there. Uh, the the point was that like don't date a black girl. No, no, no. Because you've been uh, dating this uh, this black girl for seven months, that gives you no right to put us in a situation where we can't say nigger. <laughs> but that's the, that's the argument. Yeah, that's what that's he just, that, that was his point. Was that well, I'm not racist, just, but just because you love this, you say you love this girl for seven months, doesn't mean you can put us in. A, it's fair to put us in a situation where we can't use nigger. In, <laughs> In our home parlance. Yeah. Alright, so I'm going to finish his conversation that he was having with Tucker. So I'll start again, kind of. I can't do that, Tucker. You can't expect Gary, Bonnie, Cecily, and all them young kids to because I'm in love for seven months. Fuck that! So I'll help you get another job, but you cannot work here unless you break up with her and she's out of your life. I can't handle that shit. And these last two sentences are golden. I got him in the parking lot trying to record us. I got that girl saying she's going to wear a recorder. Well? Well, yeah. So Someone what? I can only conclude from that. that uh, <laughs> he, he was saying nigger before. She made a problem of it. Threatened to record him. He was already- then, he noticed, then he noticed the fact that she was. And told his son, like, this has to stop. While his son's recording him. <laughs> Probably. So it's like... It's like, look, I know she didn't take too kindly to me saying nigger. <laughs> so you have to break up right now because I think she's trying to get me on, tight, on tape saying nigger. As you do it right now. As you're doing it right now. I mean, where's the lie? How else would this conversation go down if this were you? This was your son. 
I I can't say I would have a, anything different to uh, say about this. Yeah, I think he had the perfect argument. I can't beat it. Like, you expect everyone else in this household to just stop saying nigger because <laughs> you're dating a black girl? You want to marry her? No. We can't We can't live with that. You have to <laughs> not that I hate the cut people. it off. I just love saying that word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this family will not stop saying nigger just because you are dating a black woman. And it's either the family or the nigger. The choice is yours, Tucker. <laughs> But this wasn't even what got him in the news recently, was it? Yeah, I don't know exactly what got him in the news. Uh, this freaking news article sucks. Uh, oh, loud ad. Sorry. Well, you guys didn't Thank hear God that. Thank God we couldn't hear that. But there's this utterly loud ad just blasting my ears, and I, I'm totally disjointed now. Uh, it was like a people article like people magazine so it was not very detailed you know it was on bing you know i guess he got back in the news because uh let me see what he well, said according to the wikipedia he got engaged two days ago ah oh so apparently his daughter is accusing him of of homo racism homophobia and also infidelity during his marriage so all right, so your mom is dead, or your stepmom is dead. Yeah. She died a couple months ago. Uh, your your father is engaged to his uh, new fiance as of two days ago, and the the paparazzi reaches out to you for an interview, and room. you make it about uh, everything you think is unprogressive about your dad. Yeah, your dad's going through some shit, and then. Right now is a perfect time. Yeah, it's the perfect time. Well, so apparently, um, so they, there was a falling out between her and her father because she supported Black Lives Matter. Um, this is on the Daily Mail. Yeah, just just another white broad. Yeah, she is a woman, so. Yeah. She said that. She also alleged her life had been threatened by QAnon wackos, but her father refused to speak out against them. Um, All right. Oh, uh, listen to this well, white white like me. Listen to this white girl social signaling. This is a quote from his daughter. He has embraced old prejudices and doubled down on racist and homophobic stereotypes. For example. My dad hates BLM and called BLM protesters, who I proudly stand with each and every day, thugs. <laughs> you have crossed the line, dog. You can't call these looters and vandals thugs. Don't you know that's racist? Ah, uh, gosh. Try saying that to the to the face of uh, Vouch. He'd put you in your place, dog. <laughs> think these people are violent? Why did you say that to them so they can beat the shit out of you? Yeah, so so they can murder you. Oh, I just exited. You don't out. think it's okay for a white man to to be in love with a black woman? Tell that to Anthony Fantano, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he'll fuck you up. 
with his vegan workout I like the muscles. Antifa, brother. They will fuck you up. Yeah. Your favorite album of Light 6 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> Dog the Bounty Hunter was a Light 6. <laughs> oh, by the way that his his daughter looks, she's definitely a Light 6 or maybe even worse. Light 6 would be not not terrible for a woman. You got to you got to clarify here. What are we dealing with? This is like you got a picture? Just standard. Uh, I I don't have it open at the moment. You can search up I don't know. Uh, which, which daughter? I think he has a lot of kids. Yeah, he has a lot. Um, Bonnie. He has 12 kids. Oh, my God. What the hell? Her name's Bonnie. Impressive. Yeah, he's a virile man. There's a picture in the article. He's just a normal uh, girl, uh, kind of little... She's not bad. I know, but yeah. I she's a six, light six. She's a, yeah, she's... Yeah, no, that's fair. That, you Good know. description. description. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, as you guys know, the running theme of this podcast is sort of wackiness, kookiness in academia. Um... You know, and to to continue on that tradition, I think we, it would be nice to read some very absurd academic articles, uh, or particularly the titles and the abstracts of these articles. I think these are some of the weirdest ones I've I've come across recently. Um, so let me tell you about this journal, though, where I found all these article articles. We've referenced it before. I think we've read articles from it. The journal is called Porn Studies. Ah. One of those uh, sources that falls under old reliable. Yeah, old reliable. When we want, so we want content. We'll look at this up the there content, with uh, um, the College Fix and uh, campus, campus Reform. Campus reform. Yeah, campus How reform. could I forget? Campus uh, Porn. Get it? Uh, uh, campus Day Porn. So instead of before I read some of these really weird and absurd articles, I'm going to do some. We're going to a little bit, read a little bit about Porn Studies, the journal itself. Uh, so it is edited by Fiona Atwood and Clarissa Smith. I thought this was funny. So Fiona Atwood is a professor at Middlesex University. Article. I mean, this is the first journal on, on Porn Studies. The editors described it as, quote, the first dedicated international peer-reviewed journal to critically explore those cultural products and services designated as pornographic. And it fits under the greater discipline of sexology, um, which is probably very gay. Probably has a lot of Foucauldian stuff in there. Am I right? No doubt. But apparently there, there was a lot of controversy about it which I thought this was an interesting quote from someone named Gail Dines, uh, a leading anti-pornography activist. She compared uh, the people, the editors, to climate change deniers, which is, and cheerleaders for the industry. And that is kind of true. They are cheerleaders for an industry. A capitalist industry likes to exploit, you know, drug-addled teenagers in, into, like, putting things up their anus. They like to exploit human psychology. And that and too, the, the consum- fundamental desire to reproduce and propagate the species. So you know, obviously, like whatever you're about the climate change denying part of her quote, yeah, that's cringe. But the cheerleaders for the industry—that's that's right. They're just like cheerleaders for an industry. 
You know, if these people really want to challenge things, you know, challenge systems of oppression, they should challenge an industry that is obviously and it's as clear as day they do a lot of shady things. I think what she was going for there was the comparison uh, between this journal and the uh, journals, journals fronted, yeah. I like petrochem. Yeah, exactly. Under, you know, pseudoscience money. Yeah, or like those journals about um, those medical journals about this medication that's funded by said medication company. By Bill Gates and Satan. Yeah, Bill Gates and Satan together. Yeah, that looks good in the editors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, editors, Bill Executive Gates. Executive producers. Yeah, Satan et al. Satan et Yes. <laughs> Show title. But what's interesting is that this is published by Rootledge. You've probably heard of Rootledge. I mean, they make a lot of textbooks and just general, a lot of academic books. Yeah, I think I've given them money for... Yeah, I have too. And it's just funny thinking about the guy who created Rootledge, George Rootledge, who was born in 1812 and died in 1888. Little did he know! Little did he know what would become of his company. That's what I think is funny. Man, I want to bring him back from the dead just so I can see him exact his righteous vengeance. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh gosh. Back from the dead so I can see him have a heart attack. I, I thought this was funny, so this is this is this is quoting from the Wikipedia article. Rutledge's fame as a publisher, however, rests mainly on popular books. A series of shilling volumes Shilling volumes? Yeah, shilling volumes. I mean <laughs> so no, explain, what what's a shilling volume? A shilling volume is it's a coin used in back in the day. You know, a shilling. Wait, what what's the volume part mean? Like, I know the shilling is a coin, but... Volumes like books. Oh, so it's a... They're books that just cost a shilling. Yeah, so a series of his... Oh. So I just thought it was funny. It's like shilling. Like, he's, you know, they're shilling all the, for the porn industry nowadays. Yes. Oh, man. They were shilling for shillings, but now they're shilling for porn. <laughs> he never would have done it if he had known. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Do we know anything else about his personal life? Uh, there's not much on his personal life. He was born in Brampton, Cumberland, England, Northwest England. Um, he also got success by printing, oh, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Help, he printed an edition of that. Oh, he, no. He also published in cheap form some of the writings of Washington Irving, James Cooper, Butler Lytton, and Benjamin Disraeli. Oh, <laughs> okay. Maybe. Never mind. Yeah, Maybe never the mind. rot had ran deep in this company. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having second thoughts about his towards uh, making money off of this journal. Yeah. Maybe he would have been chill with it. He'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. More money. Oh, they're buying this? Well, then print more. Print more. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> but. Let's go on to the porn studies itself. I think this is from the most recent issue. Um, hmm. Where shall I start? Uh, huh. What? Okay. <laughs> I've, I, have you read this? I don't know. It just seems I have deja vu, but it's too funny. This is an article from Kevin John Bozelka. He's, what university is this guy from? Uh, it doesn't say on this website. 
But <laughs> the article is called Nothing for Nothing. Edging as filmic structure in the films of Jerry Douglas. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like... I've definitely never heard this before, so I think it's it's new sh- new stuff. But uh, it's it's not a good sign of what's to to come here. You know, no pun intended. Yeah. Um. Oh, he works at the Bronx Community College. In- oh, how prestigious! <laughs> yeah, prestigious. <laughs> Bronx Community College. The utter academic legitimacy. Yeah. Instead of, okay, so this is a quote from the abstract. Instead of achieving closure, many of Douglas's films, quote, edge out the narrative towards an ending that leaves tensions in suspension. An analysis of his filmography provides a deeper understanding of the operations of pornographic narratives and contributes to the understanding of the centrality of pornography in establishing urban post-Stonewall gay male identities. You know, I don't believe you, but I'm not going to watch this gay porn to really have an informed opinion. So that that's that's obviously fucking weird, but there's there's more, man. Yeah, no, he's his whole thing is like, oh, I watched uh, a lot of uh, edging, a lot of like disgusting material to. I'm going like, to write with a book report. Uh, about it, and the commonality is it's all the same person but, credited with the director. So the same Jew. <laughs> like whatever the whatever the hell it means to be a director of such such filth. Like what do you even do? Oh, it's your vision being expressed in the in the porn. Really, I think it's just you have people. Logging on camera, and then you upload it on the internet. Yeah, I, th- I just think it's funny how how he's trying you're to. You're not be- a director. You're a you're a fucking parasite on the yeah. porn industry, which is like I don't even know how to consider that in terms of like morality. But I'm gonna err on the side of double moral, uh, uh, well, doubly immoral. Just say it's bad. It's all bad. You're going to hell. Well, this one's so fucking stupid. This is from Angela Jones. Coming to a screen near you. You know. I'm surprised. No, thanks. First off, I'm surprised that hasn't been used yet in this. Because this journal's been going on for quite some time. They're on volume eight. You know. I mean, it's not ancient, but, you know, it's been it's been going on for a few years. They haven't used that title yet. Come on, that's like the first thing you would, you know, you would think of as a title. But coming yeah, when you write about porn, coming to a screen near you, trans, masculine, and non-binary people in the camming industry. Again, no thanks. It's got z- it's got zero citations. You can change Good. that. Yeah, here's your first citation. <laughs> we just quoted you. Fuck off and yeah. never write anything ever again. I like this one because the, the, the author's name, Yadong Wang. <laughs> no, no, no. You gotta be kidding that, me. That's like, that, that's no one of the You're lying. Y- the name Yadong Wang. <laughs> post the link. Yeah, I'll write the name. I'll post the link too. Y- Yadong Wang. <laughs> I got, no, I gotta see this. 
I gotta see this on their website for myself. <laughs> I, I just that's the reason why I chose this just to read that name. It it's real. It's real. Yadong Wang. Oh my god. At the University of Wisconsin Madison. <laughs> 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 this is like a, a Twitter name that I would use. Yeah, you're dong way. What the fuck? This is like a this is like an oven man name. Yeah. It's it's better than an oven man. Yeah, like they never <laughs> It's the oven man name they wish they came okay. up with already. That's why Yadong Wang. So from you I am flabbergasted. <laughs> so- <laughs> So from Yadong Wang, we have to read all of this. I don't care what it's about. Um, it's called. I don't like reading it, but the, I'll, I'll read it. All right. The Twink Next Door <laughs> also does porn. Network intimacy and gay porn performer self presentation on social media by Yadong Wang. <laughs> Yadong, <laughs> and nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> The performer-viewer relationship premised on mediated intimacy is a pivotal element of porn. Oh, you say? Yes. As social media afford more interactivity and flexibility for pornographic relationship building, a.k.a. parasocial relationships uh, of the worst variety, uh, gay porn performers start to have have an active presence on platforms like Twitter to not only promote their works, but also showcase what is behind the scene. This study, a qualitative analysis of the Twitter feeds of performers affiliated with Helix Studios, a gay porn producer specializing in the twink genre. Uh, is, I don't think that's a complete sentence. Uh, yeah. Maybe it is. But it doesn't feel like it. Uh, I think it is, but go on. I... It shouldn't be a Who cares? Sentence. It yeah. should be a complete oven sentence. Yeah. <laughs> It is found that a network intimacy is constructed through performers' Twitter self-presentation. Oh, really? Cool. Yes. Yeah, they they have a persona on the internet. And they, How novel. I know. Like This is just shit. Oh, you're telling me people who have, like, money to make, like, promote themselves, themselves in a certain way on the internet? Tell me more. No, we and literally have Facebook creating uh, tailor-made, like, quasi-advertisements to sell you, in particular, a product that they think you would click on if they make an article Mm. or a link uh, in just such a way uh, based on their metrics. No. People on Twitter, like, alter their persona to sell more of their porn? Perish the thought. Yeah. You think uh, someone would do that? (laughs) Go on the internet and lie? To sell their gay porn? <laughs> That's all the internet is now. People lying to sell gay porn. Yeah. Well, it's going to be harder to do that with OnlyFans shut down and sh- shutting down the porn part of it. Did you know that? I did hear about that, uh, but it's probably fake and also gay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the rest of this says, The networked intimacy pivots on the fantasy of the twink body. The romantic... <laughs> and sexual bonds among performers, and the fandom-facilitated interactions. Again, read Parasocial Relationship. 
Relational labor is dedicated to the authentication of performers' professional persona through their private life. Ah, I already called it. Under this aesthetics of authenticity, intimacy is commodified to sell sex, and sexuality is centralized into a stage congruity between sexual acts and desires. Networked intimacy as a common condition for gay porn production and consumption in a hybrid media system develops into a multi-layer shape on social media platforms. This case study of Helix Studios performers' tweets reveals both uh, precarities and potentials of networked intimacy in gay porn. There's, there's no citations yet, but I... <laughs> Have a citation now. Again, just- we are breaking grounds here and citing this. Yeah, we're the first. We're the first people that have cited you. <laughs> Yadong. One citation from T R A H. Yadong Wang. Uh, Tell yourself, if you haven't figured it out yet, we don't like it. We don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is so. This one's funny. Is this is from the last issue, um, published last year, I guess. It's called The Whiteness of Francois Sagat, or Sagat. Francis Faggot? <laughs> this is. So I'm going to read the abstract. Francois Sagat, or Faggot, is a white French porn star known primarily for acting in Arab roles in French slash American porn and for his later crossovers into art house films, music videos, and the world of fashion. Um. Mm. Uh, let's skip a few sentences. Uh, I argue in contrast to the existing ra- critical literature on Francois Sagat that his whiteness is the position from which he is granted both racial and professional crossover potential. Specifically, Sagat career, Sagat's career trajectory depends on an image of him as having an interiority ra- racialized as white and gendered feminine and an exteriority racialized as Arab slash other and gendered masculine. Why did I read that sentence? Uh, am I supposed to interpret that as like sometimes he's he's on the inside on the inside he white and feminine and outside he Arab masculine. Wow. That's so profound. Yeah, very, very profound. God, this is just ridiculous, man. So on one one issue our volume, volume seven, was dedicated to deep fakes. That was a big theme. So, like, they have this article from. <laughs> oh, this better be good. <laughs> Christian Kiker Pill. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Uh, okay, that's not real. All right, link again. I demand it. <laughs> uh, dude, these names are too good. He he chose the the red pill, blue pill. Am I being punked? (laughs) Where's the hidden camera? (laughs) Alright, no, this is a psyop, and it's targeted against me, in particular. I'm Kiker-pilled. No, it's real! (laughs) The University of Tartu in Estonia. Uh, Even Estonia isn't safe from the Kiker-pill. Not any Kiker pill, but the Christian Kiker <laughs> Christian with a J. Christian Kiker pill. <laughs> but yeah. Where did, he get, where, did he, where did he study? Where is this from? It's from Tartu. Oh, like where did he get his PhD? Or whatever? Yeah. I don't know. Freaking. Tell me on the Kiker pill. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's like as good as like Yadong Wang. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's probably, believable. Yeah. It sounds fake. <laughs> Guy Again, another. This is another Twitter name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, it's like what I would make my at if I wanted to pretend to be a rabbi. <laughs> oh, listen to me! I'm Rabbi Christian Kikerpil. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Hold up, I'm I'm doing some research. Yeah, do some research I will, on. Uh, interrupt when I figure this out. But yeah, you know, the theme of this of this uh, volume was deep fake. So you know, from Kikerpil, we have choose your stars and studs: the rise of deep fake designer porn. And then, you know, we have Marina Popova, you know, pop on over, in a reading out of context, pornographic, deep fake celebrity and intimacy. And, um, you know, that's just deep fakes. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, I wonder if there's any other funny names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this is from Emily Coombs. <laughs> Stop. No. <laughs> you can't be serious. Emily tell me you Coombs with a B, but still, Coombs. Emily Coombs. Coombs, or is it like double O? <laughs> double O. Christ almighty. Is someone playing a joke? We've gone too far. It's the it's Elon Musk and the uh, simulation. This is all a joke. But yeah, it's not real because none of us are real. And we're all unconscious. And, for, uh, this is a simulation. Forging fandom, shared culture, and the por- and porn tourism at the Adult Entertainment Expo, from Emily Coombs and Jonathan Jimenez and Andrea Dasapoulos. Oh no! One <laughs> of your traitor to the all group. Right. Okay, well, no, some, oh my, uh, not another I one. I got some house to clean. Not another one. <laughs> from, Please, from, I can't, I, I, I won't, I won't stomach another, <laughs> another, like, pun name. It's gonna be like Jack Hoffman or Mark. Right. It, Marco, what is it? Marco Oral. No! With an E instead of, <laughs> I mean that's the only way. I, I, if I saw that, I would read it that way, oral or oral. Why is this real? <laughs> is this what happens if you have a, like a, a a name that's like a, if you have a sex name? Do you have to get into that? Yeah, you'll only publish papers if you have a like a, a fake name like this. <laughs> it's not very good credentials. You studied well and you came from this good university, but your name isn't funny enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mel Stanfill. Eh, not quite, but you know. F- but I, it, whoa, that that that's the weirdest. I wonder if there are any other funny ones. I wonder if they'd publish a paper if I uh, authored it under the name uh, "Suck Coxswain." There's <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Wood, uh, Lynn Camella. Dude, this can't be fucking real. No, no, my God. Okay, this is... I'll read the title of the article first. It's from 2016. Porn and Labor. The Labor of Porn Studies by Jizz. (laughs) No! Shut your mouth. By Jizz Lee and Rebecca Sullivan. Absolutely not. Uh, Absolutely yes. Somebody 
rename their kid Jesus? <laughs> gotta be like pronounced some. This is so fake. I I refuse to believe this now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think the whole article's yeah, on dead. up there. It, well, it's like a Korean or something. Yes, I don't know how they would say that in Korea. Oh my God, Jizz. <laughs> Oh, he's got a website. It's real. Oh, he's got a website. Jizzly.com. <laughs> he just keeps finding more. Mixing business with pleasure. Jizzly. Oh, my God. Wait, is that... It's like a woman... Oh, it's just... It, it's like a tr- trans man. Half Asian. Oh. Right, I need to close this now. I think my computer's tainted. Yeah, no, it's really bad. Jizzly. Uh, it, it, so I did find Christian Kaikerpil is <laughs> at the University of Tartu in Estonia, I believe. Huh. Uh, he has like other articles that aren't like porn related, uh, for for some godforsaken reason. Is that uh, is, is work pray is, love a critical analysis of Estonian cybercrime case law 2014 2019? Huh. Uh, dealing with deepfakes, Reddit online content moderation and situational. Oh, maybe, maybe his, maybe his like specialty is deepfakes, and then like they're like, "Hey, expert in deepfakes, we're writing about deepfakes and well, it's porn." Just like his, uh, his expertise is cybercrime. Ah, because he has uh, asking the cyber question: whose use of what information and communication technology creates which changes for whom? And another abusing the COVID nineteen pan. Parentheses dem, uh, and parentheses ick. A perfect storm for online scams. <laughs> Jizzly. <laughs> so now this one might be your. <sighs> so Jizzly actually has a Wikipedia page. It says right. she she's a pornographic okay, performer. So I, she or he? She like, yeah. It's, she, a, it's she, a biological woman. Yeah, biological woman. So that might actually be like a uh, performer's name, but it could be her real name. I hope so. Jiz Lee. <laughs> I don't think Lee is particularly Korean. It's like Chinese. Or Chinese or something. It's all the same. Well, I mean, that that is a big part of how believable this is. Is Are they claimed to be uh, Korean or Chinese or just Asian? It doesn't say. She's obviously half Asian, half white, or half Jewish, or you, you don't know. Um, but 100% going to hell. <laughs> you must repent. I can't believe how many... Uh, let's just look at the first issue in 2014, if there are any funny names. Uh, yeah, is this an ongoing joke? Um, this whole thing is just... Uh, um, nothing thus far. Um, I think we just got lucky. If you consider that lucky, I mean it's good content. <laughs> As it literally happened oh God, like six it's, times it's in incredible. It happened like stumbled upon the content gold mine. Yeah, it was, it was, it was gold. It is going to be in in the you know. It's like my when I said Tuesday. Oh no! I, I'm looking at the latest articles from this journal. I just keep finding more. What is it? Names like names like funny names. 
Yes, we got Beej Lear. <laughs> Patra. Beej. Uh, did they use that term in, in Australia for a blowjob? Beej. Yeah, I think, but it might have been imported from America. Yeah. Cultural imperialism. Disgusting. Um. Beej. Uh, I saw another one. Minju. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this up. <laughs> this whole podcast is just laughing at funny names. We, we've it's, done it's, it with peak content. I mean... I really... If, if, if this is an <laughs> ongoing joke at that publication... That would be funny. I just want them to explain it and like let us in on it, because otherwise it's just like, how? <laughs> what are the odds? Kiker pill. I've never heard that name anywhere else. <laughs> Maybe it's like a really common Estonian name. It's like Smith. I mean, I know it. So it, I assume Kiker is like church, like Kiesia in German, or like Kierkegaard, you know? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. So he must be of Germ- Germanic Estonian? I don't fucking know. Uh, All right. Well, nothing else on there. <laughs> there's Sarah Bull. Articles. Nothing. Yeah, damn it! I want to just find one more, but I don't want to waste your guys' time. Look, I got two just by checking <laughs> the latest articles. <laughs> I'm looking. Let's look at issues. The second name that I gave you there, uh, Minju, <laughs> Minju, was from June of this year, uh, and Bijlira is, <laughs> is literally from yesterday. Yesterday, what article is it? Oh, that's just fresh. A short history of blue photo, Bengali sex magazine. <laughs> oh, I saw that. I just didn't read the person's person's name. Nineteen forty. Um. Look, you can't say that name without saying Bij. I know you just can't. So, the fact that it's there makes me think it's it's. It's either Kataki like, Chokani not accidental or like <laughs> no. ordained Dude. by God. Katani Chokani. Choke on me. Dude, this is too too much. No. It, it is too much. Even... I, I, yeah. What did we do to out. deserve all of this uh this pun in one episode? I don't know. <laughs> the dong wang. <laughs> That's look. That's a I new insult. That was the best we were gonna get. That's my new insult when someone's being stupid. You, you dong wang. Like, you told me you dong wang, and I'm like, this is this is like peak content right here. Instead, we've got a deluge of uh, <laughs> of absolute a, del- a deluge. Yeah, a, de- a deluge of absurdity. Yeah. Oh my god, I. I haven't laughed that hard in a while. I think the best one is probably Kiker Pill. Leave your answer in the <laughs> Yeah, what's the best one? Is it something kind of like obscure like Marco Oral? You know, like maybe that Or Minjuli <laughs> <laughs> But only our British uh listeners. Yeah, I mean I've I Ugh <laughs> uh. Man, I don't think we'll ever come across something that, like, it's like God presented us with content right there. Well, I'm not like, even going to ask how you found this originally. <laughs> it's uh, Tandif Online. Hmm? Dot com. 
Oh yeah, T- yeah. Taylor and Francis online. I wonder if Taylor and Francis expected this. But who cares at this point? It's like it's this is a pants on fire retarded. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, this was only a few episodes ago, but that Chinese guy or something that wrote that article on Shakespeare, and it was just filled with grammatical mistakes. And yeah, remind me of what was funny about it. Nothing, but just uh, just and it was just the fact that he was defending Shylock. Yeah, and not even that. It was just like Christians are greedy, Jews not. And he was like that, stating that as a fact, you know? <laughs> yeah, the whole thing was like factually incorrect projection. Yeah. That's what you get when you accept uh, articles uh, in English uh, published from authors you at don't... Chinese universities. Yeah, but my point of bringing that up was just like there, there, a lot of this sh- academic shit is just so bad and requires almost no critical thinking. You know, it's just buzzwords. You know, and I don't know who I trust less when it comes to a, a paper published in a, by an English major. Somebody who's a undergrad is at the People's Liberation Army uh, University <laughs> or like New Delhi Tech. <laughs> oh, when, when uh, they put the new subway in, I'm like, damn, we got a New Delhi in town. <laughs> no. Dude, that's that hits close to home because you ever been to a subway? It's all Pajits. Oh, really? I've never been yeah. inside a subway. Yeah, I don't think I've been actually to a subway tw- in years. I've been like twice, but I your perspective doesn't count. You don't have the same immigrants as we do. No, we do have a lot of Indians. <laughs> yeah, but you might not have the ones that are like, I will have a sandwich shop. I will make America's dream. <laughs> No, they just all own, like, 7-Elevens. I will get a minority grant to start a business, and my business is Subway Franchise. Thank you, Imagine come traveling, again. traveling halfway across the world to make a life for you just to run a service station. Yeah. <laughs> Please be of telling me what yeah, you like go- on your sandwich. In, like, the hood. American dream. Sell, sell burger. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Subway. I'll have it your way. But anyway, I also saw today uh, when you were gone, Nikkei, was Amazon apparently have they have live streams now. They're, it's called Amazon. Yeah, they bought Twitch. Oh, they did. Yeah, that was a a merger. But I see something on Amazon. It says Amazon Live shop live streams, and it's like people live streaming like the products they're consuming from Amazon. And really? talking about it. That's what it seems like to me. This is... Ah! Loud music from Caleb Does Makeup. It's one of those guys that do makeup. But I guess people... They they live stream about the products that they bought from Amazon. On Amazon. Yeah, this, is, this is the same uh, software they use for Twitch. It's the same company. Amazon owns Twitch. Yeah, uh, it was an acquisition that. like way back, like 2014. I remember when Twitch was starting up, actually. Justin TV. Oh, before yeah, remember when we used to people yeah. would have to use Justin TV. What was there something else as well? Like 
I feel like there was something else in addition to Justin Probably. T. Yeah. Those are some good times. Yeah, Justin TV. There was something else, but I forgot what it was called. Yeah, um, well, there's a whole bunch of like old websites that were like actual competitors to like streaming to video streaming sites who could, now. Could you, who could give you live 480p the best? Yeah, not even that. <laughs> like 144p. Well, it was such a novel idea, like live streaming at that time, like ten years ago, it was like weird. Somehow they had like. Uh, NFL, you know, Stream. live yeah. out to your television, but they couldn't figure out how to do it over the internet, where it should ostensibly be easier. Considering, uh, you know, optimal conditions, you have a, like, directly wired connection. Okay, this is... <laughs> I'm gonna change the subject a little bit, but this is from Being Front Page, the most useless article I've ever read. The title, I mean, I haven't read the article, but the title is... A San Francisco oyster institution was called out for racism. Will it change? Yeah, that is completely useless because like, uh, I oysters. don't care. Yeah, like oyster, like literally. I hope they don't. Just oysters. Like, what the? You well, it's San Francisco. You know what it probably is? It's like ah, oh, these fucking like Mexicans are out here uh, on our dredging lands taking our fucking oysters. They're complaining about illegal fishing, but because it's the Mexicans doing it, that's racist. Yeah, that's what makes it racist. Mm. And they're not wrong. If your racism comes out in the form of uh, complaining about foreigners impeding on your uh, agricultural production rights or livestock production, I don't really know where that falls under. But, you know, your fishing rights, then it's completely justified in even, like, you know, uh, socially acceptable scenarios today. I don't care, like, how fucking progressive you are. That's, like, a legitimate complaint. Hmm. I'm just trying to see if there's anything even more useless than that article. Can we get lower? Yeah, <laughs> like, they're trying to connect connect racism to oysters now. Like, what the fuck? Well, everything's racist. If you just look up, like, a random word is racist. Yeah. Alright, the first word I saw just looking around my room for a random word is organic. Oh, dude, there's gotta be a lot, because it's, like, whiteness and, like... Only white people could afford organic. Let's see, yeah, organic. You know, farmers markets are racist because only white people. Yeah. I first article I or first link I get is racial equity and yeah. organic. <laughs> the second one is from the future of capitalism. Organic food as a racist plot. Oh <laughs> Let's dive in. And then there's there's uh, this is from the fast company. There's a disturbing nexus of organic food and white supremacists. One of the capital rioters asked to be served only organic food in jail. It's not just a weird person. All right, person that one's more relevant. Let's do this it's one. A, it says it's a three-minute read, so... Go is this it. the Q Shaman guy? Yeah. Yes, is. Okay. This is by Christin Toussaint. The news that Jake and Jelly, uh, also known as QAnon Shaman, uh, would be fed organic food in jail after being arrested for his involvement in the attack on the Capitol was widely called out as an example of white privilege. 
Wrong. <laughs> After refusing to eat while in custody, a court granted Angeli's request. Though inmates across the prison system have long complained of inadequate food, and Muslim detainees at immigration centers were fed pork. In, in direct conflict yeah, with their religious beliefs. I don't care. But Angeli's request for organic food is not just an example of the way our justice system treats people differently. It's also a window into a strange confluence of subcultures. While most people associate organic food and farmer's markets with progressive politics and cosmopolitan values, they're, all, they're, they're also a draw for certain elements of neo-fascist culture. Part of this connection oh, yeah? between organic food and white supremacy dates back to Nazi Germany, oh. where there is a strong ethos about the importance of nature, healthy eating, and natural foods. Okay. This person might know what they're talking about. For modern white supremacists, purity is central, says Pete Simi, an associate professor of sociology at Chapman University who has spent about 25 years studying right-wing extremism and political violence. Purity is Maybe very studying this. <laughs> purity is very much the way in which they organize the world in terms of pure and impure. Correct. That dichotomy is used to describe race. Is also, also used to, correct. Used to describe environments. Yes. That, which is why Trump's comment about shithole countries was so dangerous. Simi adds. Dangerous? Nah. Are they not? <laughs> I mean, dangerous if you mean correct, then yes. It was dangerous because he was dehumanizing people and acquainting them with impurity. Or, what? Or, it was true, because it was Haiti. But guess what? They eat, they eat dirt cookies and shit cookies there. But guess what, Ike? What? Impurity and purity is also used to describe food. Like I just said. <laughs> uh, let me try to skip some of is there, the... Is there more on that, or is that... No. No, there's more. Um, organic farming is also tied into white supremacy because it's a predominantly white subculture that white supremacists can gain a foothold. In 2019, the New York Times reported that white supremacists were becoming a presence in farmer, farmers' markets across the U.S. And activists... People, white people growing tomatoes. Activists protested creating buttons that read, Don't buy veggies from Nazis. <laughs> That's that's quite funny because um, I was thinking uh, the past couple of weeks uh, I should start making pickles and selling them to our guys. <laughs> you know what? This article's done it. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, next time you see me, uh, place an order for pickles <laughs> that I've made and I'll real? sell them to you. Yes, I'm dead serious. Okay, <laughs> it's the most random. Grand opening of well, I grocery pickle. I, I grow cucumbers, so... Ah, uh, it's like you gotta, you gotta figure out something to do with them. I mean, I can't eat them all by myself. There's only so, only many, so many village salads one Greek can eat. Yeah. Well, it's said that Angeli, which is a QAnon shaman, has said himself in interviews that he's interested in cleansed ecosystems. I dream of world clean. Um... Like, the entire article is, like, these are all good things, where they're just going to say that they're bad. Yeah. I agree with everything on that, but okay, that was, it's it, there's not really much else to the article that's interesting. Oh, I want to read the rest of it. Okay, want me to continue on? Yeah, do it. So going back to the "Don't buy veggies from Nazis," it says 
Nazism and organic farming has been seen in Sweden and present-day Germany as well. There's links. Let's see. Hell yes. The right-wing, the right-wing organic farmers of Germany on the New Yorker, published January 11th, 2013. Yeah. So the the link for the the Swedish Nazi farmers is who owns the Vikings. Pagans, neo-Nazis, and advertisers tussle over symbols on the New York Times. And I can't read it because I'm not subscribed. I'm going to start with the neo-Nazis. Yeah. Dichotomy. It's not just organic farming. Extremists do this across subcultures, Simi says. Gaming. Heck yeah. MMA. Scottish Highlander festivals. True. Quote, the more they do that... Traditional cultural festivals are enjoyed by people of that culture. Damn, that's crazy. You bigots. This is a quote from Simi. The more they do that, the more they're able to gain a presence in these different subcultures that just strengthens their connections to society. Wow, it's like you're rooted to a culture and that makes your like connection legitimate. And it makes it that it makes it that much harder to unroot <laughs> this worldview ah, that, that obviously is, is a substantial central central part of our society's history. See, I I know where you're thinking, and it's just in the wrong direction, Simi. Um, the the connection with organic food can also tip into eco fascism. Con- concerns about Ooh. purity and overpopulation. I'd also blame certain racial groups for being a bigger threat to the environment than others. Yeah! Almost like they are. (laughs) Yeah. There's a long history of blending a strong environmental focus and concern for ecology with fascism, Simi says. Okay! And this is, this is, uh, I already quoted this, but I guess I'll read it again. And Jelly, QAnon, and QAnon, uh, shaman has said himself in interviews that he's interested in cleansed ecosystems and has ranted against chemicals in our environment. But to to Angeli and other Nazi hippies like him, the current global solutions to these issues are part of the evil New World Order. True. I'm getting a lot of being told things about and not actually any explanation. Yeah. Simi says that Angeli's request for organic food in jail did not surprise him at all. And while it may seem like a harmless ask, a way for him to get attention, something to make fun of him about, or even an example of the privilege Angeli is getting while in custody. Yeah, total privilege. Didn't he get his ass beat by guards? Wasn't yeah. that a thing? Yeah, I distinctly remember uh, than... people arrested in the same jail that he's in. Either he witnessed it or he was a victim of it himself. Probably both. Uh, getting his ass beat by guards. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, well, there's one of them who was beat so much that like he's like lost um, vision in one of his eyes. Yeah. Is that privilege? Oh, Does that man. sound like privilege to you? Yeah, but he got an organic salad, so I think it evens out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. He got organic ramen. Let alone the fact that they were already arrested. Like, surely being arrested for doing that is... Going to jail is a privilege. Yeah. Being imprisoned pre-trial is a privilege. But he says there's something more to the, it's there's it's also more than that and something worth paying attention to. The issue, this is a quote from Simi, I assume. Yeah, it is. The issue about what we perceive as innocuous may be more important than it appears at first glance. When we really want to understand where this comes from, you have to understand the cultural underpinning. Is this about Jews? Who know, I don't know, let's see. 
That means you have to take that culture seriously and look at the different aspects of that culture and how easy it can be in terms of blending into the mainstream. It's Jews. That's why we are that that's where we are at right now with this worldview. We're not talking about a fringe. We're talking about a much loved broad based worldview that we'd like to admit. I think he's talking about the Jewish. <laughs> let's let, let's read this again. The whole article? Like no no no, just that last quote there and think of every sentence as a implication on the Jewish question. Okay, so the last quote as a whole or the last sentence? The last quote. <clears throat> the issue about what we perceive as innocuous may be more important than it appears at first glance. When we really want to understand where this comes from, you have to understand the cultural underpinning. That means you have to take that culture seriously and look at the different aspects of that culture and how easy it can be in terms of blending into the mainstream. That's where we are right now with this worldview. We're not talking about a fringe. We're talking about a much more broad-based worldview than we'd like to admit. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds like the JQ to me. Somehow I think Mr. Sumi disagrees. This. Let me search for... Let's do one more. We don't have to read an article. Let me. What's the first thing I see? Thank you. Thank you cards. I'm gonna like, thank you. Uh, racism. This <laughs> <laughs> yes. is ending racism in America begins with a thank you. <laughs> um, the end of racism is a thing. <laughs> risking your health to fight racism. In parentheses, thank you. Thanks for the memories. Rehearsal scraps. Thank you, racism from Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Thank you, racist people from the Outlook. WordPress. I don't want to. I'm getting kind of exhausted. Um, and thank you, Discord, for taking a stand against racism. And from RiceMedia.com, <laughs> Indians not allowed. Thank you. Hmm. <laughs> Rice Media. It's like the Chinese people. We don't want no Indian here. He's Chinese only. We have Chinese food store here. No Indian food. Anime is really rice media. Yeah. But is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, just yeah, one correction from earlier. Uh, Camus did not uh, serve in the Algerian War. His only quasi-like yeah, militant experience is uh, as a journalist in the French Resistance, which is pretty gay. Um but, that aside, his opinions on the Algerian War were as base as you could expect from a, a French philosopher, which we all know, as we said earlier, is a code word for pedophile. Um, I don't think Camus was a pedophile, but you know his profession uh, was filled with them. He's. Not, I just wouldn't be surprised if he was. Yeah, let's just say like he's broken a stereotype by not being one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I saw an article. I'm not. I'm like really um, petered out. Like my 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 throat from talking so much is a little getting kind of sore. But <laughs> this is from Gizmodo. The climate crisis will be steroids for fascism. Fuck yeah! I've been waiting so long <laughs> for steroids, fascist steroids. <laughs> yes, give me them fascist steroids. <laughs> 
Clockwork is real. Yeah. Liftwaffe. Not taking no vaccine. I'm only taking anabolic steroids. Heck yeah, brother. But I, I guess... Climate change... More, more like endocrine change. That's getting right. This, getting these trend gains as the as the ice caps melt. <sighs> well, I'm I'm kind of hungry. I'm gonna eat a snack. I need some water. I didn't bring water with me, so I guess we'll put an end here, a bookmark, so to speak. Um. So I guess we'll say goodbye. Thank you for listening. And say goodbye, Newell. No. Thank you, and goodbye. Alright. We'll see you on the other side. You dong wangs. Sweet hi. You dong wangs.